Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people here impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. And today I'm joined by Stefano Stabellini. Stefano is a Zen Project Advisory Board member as well as an AMD Fellow. And we're here to talk about the Zen Project and how it's driving innovation for virtualization solutions. Stefano, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, mate. So so good to have you on today. Um, Stefano, could you just let our audience know a little bit about who you are and what you do? Sure. Um, uh, my name is Stefano. I've been working with uh, Xen and virtualization for a very long time. Uh, I think uh, starting around 2007. Uh, and yeah, now I am a fellow at AMD. Um, I lead a team that develop, enhance and support Xen uh, throughout a number of um, vertical, but especially for embedded uh, solutions. Cool. So, so my first kind of question for you, Stefano, is, you know, what is the Zen project and how has it really evolved throughout the years with the support of the open source community? Yeah, so Xen project was born out of the Cambridge Computer Lab. Um, that was um, uh, at the early, very early days, it was a research project that then uh, became uh, an industry-wide uh, virtualization solution uh, adopted, you know, from the smallest companies to the largest, and uh, uh, famously, Amazon AWS was built on Zen. Um, yeah, so in the in the early days, uh, it, we were really focused on uh, building um, virtualization from uh, in open source. It was the the first, or among the very first, open source virtualization solutions uh, for for running multiple Linuxes on your on your machine, um, and uh, in, in over the years, it evolved to um, uh, to really bring virtualization to more and more different um, more and more different verticals, like uh, obviously like data center, uh, client, uh, embedded, and, and so on, and also bringing virtualization to the next level in the sense of providing always you know better uh, experiences depending on obviously what your requirements are such as if you are if you are working on data center you want more and more vms running on a single platform if you are in embedded you want real time um, and uh, very low interrupt latencies and um, yeah so i i do think yeah innovating in virtualization i would say is a mission of zen project yeah, that, that was kind of my next question. You know, how, how is the Zen project really enabling that further inv- innovation, scalability, safety, uh, security in, in virtualization solutions? It really changed over the years. Um, so um, at the very beginning, like, like, like I was saying, so virtualization originally, uh, I think, uh, I, don't, I don't know if we re- really realized, but the very, very beginning was mostly for servers. So we had Linux servers, what you wanted to have more than one Linux instance on your server. I think that was the very, very first early demand. And then Windows came into the picture. That was already a, a big moment in the industry, being able to run multiple Windows instances on top of a fully open source hypervisor. Um, that was very new at the time. Um, now, that re- required very different things because Linux, we could change. We could go and modify and provide 
uh, enhancement or shortcuts or interfaces that will allow Linux to run uh, um, multiple Linux instances on top of top of Zen. But Windows, the Windows expectation was that it was unmodified, right? So, so we had to provide um, a virtual machine that could run unmodified or operating systems. Now is the norm. Now is normal, but it was not back in the day, right? It's, it's always about you know about the history how, how you get there. So now it's ex it's expected that you take an, an unmodified operating system and run it in a VM, um, and then. After that, I think I think the data center side was um, uh, was good in the sense that we we were able to cover the uh, the uh, the basic the basic feature that were required, and then virtualization started seeping through in other area of the industry. And I think the first one was laptops and desktops, uh, and laptop and desktop the, the use case was very different, right? What you wanted there is a solution to securely separate um, your you know, regular environment where you, you know, play games and uh, read the news from a secure environment that could be your working environment or where you handle sensitive information or uh, if you are a journalist where you keep your you know, sensitive sources and, and data, right? Um, that was, I think, the next the next frontier, uh, and I think we are talking about uh, late uh, around 2010 at this point. And this is where security started to become very important, because now security, I mean, for this kind of solution, is the number one priority, right? Isolating the secure environment from the non-secure environment. And since then, I think Zen has been very security focused, uh, you know, and uh, we 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 had a security team started uh, I think soon after uh, and um, uh, you know handling uh, vulnerability uh, disclosure uh, we we you know we support responsible disclosure meaning that uh, we meaning that we uh, would try to fix an issue in in private first and then um, sharing the fix with a trusted list of subscribers um, before it goes public. Um, and uh, I think this is also what changed the culture of Zen as a more general purpose. I mean, I, if I say that, it looks like it's not general purpose anymore. It's not true. But from more like less run faster and better without thinking about security to a, a, to a, a more security focused project. Right. And I think now we have been security aware and attentive to security issues for a long time. I think more than 10 years now since the since the security team was created. Um, and then I think we go to the next level again after that, that was embedded. So um, uh, around, uh, soon after 2010, also the Xen port to ARM started. And back then, ARM server did not exist really. So uh, was not yet, was they were about to exist, but it was really a lot about set-top boxes and uh, Raspberry Pis and all the small, Esoteric devices uh, like uh, industry-grade screwdrivers and and things like that, um, and that's how Xen entered embedded. Uh, uh, and now it's it's been a long time that's been in embedded. I think we are in 2023, and so so I think a full 10 years. Um, 
Yeah, but people still get surprised because people that remember Xenian's the early days, it was, uh, I guess, born for servers first and, and foremost. Uh, and when they, uh, there was an article about five, six years ago that we got Xen running on the Raspberry Pi. So why the discrepancy in, in years? So 10 years ago, when we started Xen for ARM and other embedded uh, solutions, the Raspberry Pi was not supporting virtualization in hardware. Their support was very limited. Couldn't really run Zen there. But the so Raspberry Pi 4 onward has all the necessary support in hardware. So that's when we started really running Zen on Raspberry Pi. Uh, so now if you purchase one of the latest Raspberry Pi model, you will have no problem running Zen on, uh, in there. And uh, when it came out, I remember a lot of people were shocked. Like, Xen on Raspberry Pi, wow, we came to a full circle. Didn't real, not, not realizing Xen at, at that time was already embedded for, for, for a while. And in, uh, if, you, if you, you know, that there were some very, very high impact projects, you know, set of box, very widespread set of boxes and many people had in their houses with, with Xen. So um, to say, yeah. And I think with that, with embedded, there was a, a different kind of, features and uh, um, um, requirement that came into the picture. And one is real time, right? In, and the other one is boot times. So, and like, if you are in, 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 a, in a car and you turn on the car, you don't want to wait a minute or two until the music comes up, right? I mean, or the audio, you, you want it as soon as possible. You want it in a few seconds, maybe 10 seconds. Maybe you are willing to wait 20 or 30 seconds but servers today will take minutes and minutes to boot. Just to tell you, uh, you know, virtualization, yes, some of the underlying technology are similar across all of these different places where you run Zen, but the requirement can be very different. Usually on servers, there is no requirement at all on the boot. So it could take 20 minutes and you will, you know, people will be okay with it. On a car, nobody will buy a car that, you know, after you turn the key, comes online in 20 minutes. It would be funny. Um, I, yeah, I want to see how much it would discount it for me to buy it. It would be an interesting question. Anyway. Oh, I was going to say, this sounds like my car. Yeah. Yeah, so, so now we started to do more embedded, uh, real-time latency, like play the audio with low latency, response to external stimuli very quickly, like in less than five microseconds. Um, and uh, that's, that's because if you are in an industrial environment, you get a signal and then a robot will come online and start doing things that are potentially harmful, right? You need to stop the robotic arm from swinging around and potentially hitting people in the head. So you need to be very quick, quick in re replying to impulses. And we have been focusing on that for a while now and um, to have a deterministic and low interrupt latency. Um, and I think the final frontier is really safety. That's what we are, that, that, you know, uh, for automotive, you know, in these places where human lives are potentially a risk, um, a car, but not just a car, also many in, in industrial environments, medical devices, of course, avionics like airplanes, uh, trains, um, and so on, and you know that is, I think, is the latest uh, 
places where virtualization is uh, getting into and, and, and zen with it. Yeah, and, and, you know, just to kind of, you know, really dial down into into the automotive industry, you know, obviously it's being affected by recent recent strides in enterprise tech, you know, just like any other industry. But are there any, you know, trends on the horizon that really excite you, um, specifically within uh, the automotive space? No, yeah, I think automotive is really exciting. It's, it's really, really exciting. And um, because, uh, I mean, they now they call it, uh, and sometimes people, you know, just to, 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 in few words, represent the complexity of what a car has become. They call it data center in a car. It's not quite accurate, right? Because of a number of factors, uh, including, as an example, that data center usually does not care about real time, but in a car, definitely you want real time behavior because you do, you want to avoid obstacles right in a quick quickly quickly and timely manner manner but um from a complexity point of view definitely highlights the challenge like car nowadays are very very complex systems and they have a very interesting ivi infotainment system with a dashboard the music and video playing triple a games all of that and in order to support that well, you need a hypervisor, right? And, and Zen is really spearheading, you know, the open source adoption uh, as hypervisors in, in, in automotive. Uh, and, and, and even IVI has some safety requirements, right? Because if there is a sound like an alarm or a warning um, light on your dashboard, that needs to come up, right? Needs to come up, cannot fail, and needs to come up quickly, right? Within a specific time frame, and that's where uh, safety concern comes about. And safety, by the way, is, uh, is, is the other coin of security. So it's still about um, making sure things behave appropriately and you um, uh, uh, react properly from, you know, to, 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 to events. Uh, but rather than be concerned about attackers here, you're concerned about failures. You know, you cannot really have Zen fail and then the rear view camera doesn't come online properly, right? When you are backing out with your car. So safety requires sometimes government mandated regulations and specific um, certification to be acquired, very complex and require very, very many tests and documentation to make sure that the project and the code base is top quality. And you will want to have only a top quality code base and project in your car, right? If if your life depends on it, right? So, um, so yeah, this is, a, this is the reason why the car is exciting. First of all, it's very complex. There is IVI, which itself is, is an entire world, but there are also sensor data processing. There are, you know, a lot of sensor data coming from cameras all over the car and those systems, sometimes they also benefit from virtualization. And there's a different kind of, this is more similar to, you know, industrial embedded in the sense that it's headless, there is no screen, uh, is all about you know um, real-time support, direct assignment of resources to VMs, right? Rather than just running VM with virtual hardware, you run VM with real hardware assigned. So it's a very different configuration. Still in the same car, so you end up with multiple Xen instances with very different configuration on a single car, which is also very exciting to me. Um, and finally, like being able to have uh, a project that is open source and high quality enough that you can trust really um, 
uh, in highly uh, in, in in potentially dangerous environments is for sure it's uh, um, humbling and, um, and 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 at the same time it's challenging and exciting. Yeah, well, well said, Stefano. Um, thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast today. Where can people go to learn more about yourself and learn more about these um, projects? I would say go to the XM Project website. Uh, there is also a YouTube channel with a series of videos and, and webinar seminars that they can watch and articles on the, on the, on the blog, uh, all linked from the website. So that's a good entry point. And yeah, I hope you, uh, if you are in, uh, interested or excited or uh, just as me and you would like more information, send, uh, you know, feel free to reach out, send me an email or a message and I'll do my best to reply and get back to you. Perfect, just fine. And that, that website is zenproject.org. That's X-E-N project.org. We'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series. But until then, make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms. Follow the conversation on our socials at EM360Tech on Twitter and LinkedIn. And for more great daily content, please head on over to EM360Tech.com.